Today we're continuing the conversation that we began on Monday that may be a little bit controversial about what it is, what it means to be a woman. What is woman? We get into responses that I got from people, real life young adults that I spoke to this week on the ground when I asked that question about womanhood. Very, very interesting. May be a little bit polarizing, but you definitely want to stay tuned to hear those responses. I'm quite keen for those ones. And then we get into uh, we speak about Dr. Phil, Turnabout Ranch, uh, Met Gala, AOC, Nicki Minaj, that whole controversy, Alana McLaughlin, the trans MMA fighter that was in the news recently, and something true, we get into Matthew, and then I leave you with free stuff towards the end of the show. It's a jam-packed one as usual. Thank you so much for joining me today on the show. Welcome. Cool. First anonymous for today, um, I had a very interesting conversation with. Um, I met anonymous around midday. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I kind of intercepted um, anonymous. Uh, they're a person that you know I, I I would say is a kind of acquaintance colleague person. Um, and they were grac- gracious enough to give me a few minutes of their time. So um, Anonymous's thoughts are that, you know, the existing definitions of man and woman um, are just not enough. They're not, they don't do enough. They don't cover the, the whole range of gender um, and the meaning of gender or at least the meaning of man and woman. Um, and so that makes it difficult to understand gender, at least for anonymous, right? So um, anonymous understands or at least feels like biology doesn't, it doesn't account for trans people or intersex people, uh, which is something I disagree with, but I'm, this is just me, I guess, you know, just trying to relay the sentiments of anonymous kind of unbiasedly. So Anonymous believes that, you know, biology doesn't account for trans and intersex people. Biology has a lot of gaps, basically, because biology can be very binary. So biology doesn't account for people who feel like women in male bodies. You know, biology doesn't explain why they feel like women. As I said, I disagree. I feel like biology does uh, do that. You know, biology um, recognizes gender dysmorphia, dysphoria, Dysphoria. Sorry. Um, I mean, I, I, you can hear the kind of content I consume. I'm going between body dysmorphia and gender dysphoria. So it's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit uh, trippy sometimes. But so this is interesting because we were having a conversation, I believe, on Monday about uh, the UCTVC uh, uh, Dr. Paikeng apologizing about, um, you know, about a comment that was said in that initiative that she was doing basically to legitimize, to have a conversation about how science actually does legitimize the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, and I guess like, I mean, she, she, she had to apologize for a statement that I think was relatively unproblematic. Um, you know, at least by my standards and definitely at first, second and third glance, um, But so the same thing here is what I'm saying, that science actually does make space for uh, trans and intersex people, but it's just not the space they want, right? So it's just not what they want. They want to get to, you know, 
call the shots um, in terms of how people understand um, their existence or un- make sense of them, uh, make sense of um, their difference, you know? So, so I mean, yeah, so that's, that's a point. Um, but yeah, so Anonymous understands, at least appreciates that these are challenging questions, right? So that's kind of the first thing out of Anonymous's mouth was, okay, that's a very challenging question because um, there's nothing that I can put my finger on, and I'm quoting Anonymous here very loosely, by the way. Um, there's nothing I can put my finger on beyond the biological and beyond the gender norms and gender stereotypes that would denote womanhood and manhood, but I am aware that there is something beyond biological and definitely beyond the stereotypical gender norms, social norms. Um, so kind of basically echoing the, the sentiments that we left on um, on Monday, um, on Monday's in Monday's conversation. So the definitions that we have now aren't enough. But so in trying to understand where Anonymous was coming from in understanding these issues, we went on to speak about other things. I went on to speak to Anonymous about um, equality. Anonymous believes that equality is good enough to strive for. We should strive for equality. Um, you know, we spoke a bit about that and we got to a point where Anonymous was able to... Um, concede, I guess, that uh, equality is, particularly equality of outcome, um, is, well, is, I want to say irrational, but the truth is, it's, well, it would be rationalized by tyranny, right? Tyranny could rationalize um, equality of outcome, but tyranny in itself is a problem. So, you know, but that's my point is that you would need excessive force uh, to make sense of equality of outcome, or at least you would have to reconcile yourself with the use of excessive force and tyranny to basically reach the ends of equal outcomes. Um, So whether that's, I mean, I don't mean literal physical violence. I think a lot of people go to the absolute extreme with that. Uh, But even policies can be very forceful, policies that are um, very intrusive, policies that intervene unduly um, into the lives, into the freedoms of, you know, citizens. So, you know, that's that's what I mean by that. Uh, But so Anonymous, because of that, would prefer a world that did away with gender norms, social norms, um, because Anonymous believes that a world without distinction, where everyone can, quote, unquote, just be a human being, uh, would be a better world, right? But Anonymous does understand, though, and this is where we ended off our conversation, that there will always exist some sort of difference, distinction, advantage that other people have, some people have, um, that others just don't. And a lot of this, um, you know, not all, but a lot of it will be things that people don't have control over, right? Things that they're just born with, things that they just innately have a knack for. Um, So things that i.e. the government cannot control. Um, so, and we spoke about this this reality when we spoke about uh, trans people in sports. Um, Anonymous told me about a conversation that they were having with their friend, um, you know, just recently about these issues and about the implications of um, getting these 
the meaning of these words and the meaning of these categories right, particularly for sports. Um, and the next person that I speak to is actually someone who is in women's sports. So let's get into Anonymous 2. Let me know, first of all, what you would make of Anonymous 1's responses today so far. But let's jump into Anonymous 2. Let's run into what we spoke about with Anonymous 2. Quite a lengthy conversation, particularly compared to the previous one, but a lot of very interesting thoughts, so it's all well worth it. Before I jump into that, follow me on my socials at Lele Mutari underscore on Twitter and Instagram only, and then at um, I'm Lele Mutari on YouTube, and you can scrummage around, peruse, those accounts uh, so you can find yourself to other sites where you can find the podcast where you can find the blog posts and any other projects that i'm busy with um so let's get into it anonymous to very interesting perspective. So kind of Anonymous 2 agrees basically with what is now the common sentiment of the conversation, which is that the current definitions of gender, of man, of woman are just not good enough. Um, so Anonymous admits to not having a good enough definition um, to still figuring it out, particularly in terms of the material definition or meaning of being a woman, of being a man. Anonymous feels that labels are limiting, that people who don't fit in these labels um, are considered to be deviants. They're looked at, you know, kind of negatively because they don't fit they don't conform and so labels are harmful in that way categories particularly gender categories are harmful in that way we had the sentiment coming through from anonymous one as well when they spoke about biology having a gap because of its binary nature um but so but so there's a very interesting anecdote that anonymous shared in terms of this idea of labels being limiting and that is basically a kind of accidental, incidental social experiment on Anonymous' social media when um, Anonymous started to post pictures um, of her playing rugby. And she says she felt like uh, she was coming out um, because people just didn't know that side of her. And because they just treat that side of her, I wanted to say treated that side of her differently, but, um, you know, as you know, as she as she admits, they still continue to treat that side of her differently from her more feminine, more ladylike um, side, the more conventionally feminine, more conventionally ladylike side. So she noticed like a very big um, change, a very big disparity in the treatment she was getting, um, which which I guess just speaks to that point of how labels can be limiting. But I don't see that as an issue um, with labels necessarily. I see that as an issue with how society deals with uh, conformity, um, how society deals with um, non-conformity, how society deals with the labels, with category, how society deals with meaning even. Um, but I don't see that as being a problem with labels necessarily. I think labels go a long way in helping us to understand the world, particularly uh, in terms of scientific advancements, being able to categorize, being able to analyze, being able to evaluate things, um, you know, being able to observe things. It helps. So labels are necessary. Um, but of course, I understand that uh, Anonymous is speaking particularly to the issue of gender. Um, but even there, I have to beg to differ. But so 
we ended up going into a conversation uh, about pronouns, um, you know, and misgendering as a, a crime um, in some perspective or proposed policies and legislations around the world um, when it comes to trans people or non-binary people. And anonymous sentiments here is that basically nobody is asking too much or for for too much accommodation, basically. Asking to be referred to addressed by one's um, own gender, I guess preferred gender, and considering it a crime to misgender someone um, on like in that context um, is not wrong, right? And is not extreme. Um, rather, in, in Anonymous's view. Um, and the reason behind that that Anonymous gives is you wouldn't want to be called um, like something that you're not. For instance, you wouldn't want to be called a name that you're not. I wouldn't want to be called Linda, for instance, when my name is not Linda. Um, and I disagree there as well with Anonymous uh, because, and I mean, all of these were su- such refreshing conversations and um I would have liked to be able uh, to to avail the conversations for you to hear them play out because they're so much more interesting when you hear these views from the horse's mouth and just how all of it unfolds and how the ideas come up and all of that um, and just to get into the space in which these conversations were happening. But um, I didn't uh, ask for permission to do that, so I'm not going to use uh, that interview for anything I did not expressly ask permission to use it for. Um, So unfortunately, you'll have to settle for what I'm giving you now. But so the current definition, Anonymous says, um, cannot be expanded enough. It just can't. The current definition of woman cannot be expanded. We're already struggling to deal with people like Anonymous who are women um, who identify um, as, as or who enjoy playing rugby, um, you know. So, of course, it cannot then accommodate uh, trans women. Um, and that's my addition, right? So Anonymous would say that the current definition refuses to be expanded to fit women who don't fit the stereotype, right? Which I disagree with. But then I would say, if it can, I disagree with that. But even if that were true, right, which it isn't, but if it were true, then the logical conclusion of that is that even trans women cannot be included in the definition of women, right? Uh, So that would be the distinction in thought on that point. But then we we spoke about, um, I tried to basically bring in a little bit, just to sharpen the contradiction, right? I tried to bring in the Rachel Dolezal um, contrast to ask Anonymous basically in terms of identity groups, right? Is race um, a more important classification? Is it different? Is it more important? How does it differ, um, if at all, from gender, right? Um, And Anonymous was happy to concede that race is a social construct in the same way that gender is. Uh, But notably, um, Anonymous sees race as being distinct, or at least distinguishes race uh, by... by, um, by the fact that race is 
basically there's a history attached to race, right? So there's a very real and painful um, personal history attached to race. And so um, Anonymous kind of finds it laughable that some people would want to identify as transracial. Uh, but I guess the point of my question and the point of the inquiry was to draw that contrast to ask, well, if these two things are the same things, if we're being led to believe that these two things are both kind of arbitrary social constructs and have no bearing or at least have real bearing in in real life but we should kind of pretend and hope that they shouldn't and maybe don't but at the same way implement solutions that work uh, or at least address injustice along the lines of those very social constructs that we find problematic it's a slippery slope is what i'm saying um but so anonymous generally um Overall, and I guess just to conclude, um, finds that there's no real social value in belonging to an identity group, right? So even if you're a white man, I mean, white men have a better than have a better lot. Uh, than the rest of us, um, according to Anonymous. But there's no real value, I guess, um, except the social value. So languages, culture, culture, cultural, um, you know, things, traditions, uh, that kind of thing. So just that social, psychosocial element uh, to belonging to an identity group is all that Anonymous thinks there actually is. Let's jump now into Fofo Masalisane. I'm sorry if you were falling asleep. I definitely just annoyed you. I'm sorry also if you're wearing earphones. Um, I'll try not to do that again, but I'm quite excited. Let's jump into Fofo Masalisane. Let me know your thoughts on womanhood, Anonymous, both one and two, their sentiments, their responses. Did this surprise you at all? Are you shocked about what we've uncovered? Let me know whether you have these conversations where you are in your corners, in your streets, and the kinds of thoughts, the kinds of ideas that are coming up in those conversations. Share those with me. Share it with all the rest of us in the comments. I cannot wait to engage with those. Fofo Maslalisane, let's go. So this segment is called Fofo Maslalisane because, um, I guess because I think that's funny. <laughs> um, because it's really just four points, right? So um, the four points are something old, something new, something culture, something true. I give you a relevant news topic or story under each banner. They differ from week to week. Um, you know, how how I approach the, the topic, how I approach the labels, the headings differs from week to week. And I basically try to justify it. But also just I just want to speak very quickly, very briefly on thoughts I'm having on current events. So that's what this is about. Something old today. Um, I'm surprised it's old, uh, I guess, in the world, <laughs> in discourse, supposedly. Uh, but I definitely didn't know about it until recently. Turnabout Ranch and Dr. Phil. Oh, my goodness. Dr. Phil McGraw, who, I mean, people are going at him for not even being licensed. You know, people just don't like Dr. Phil. Um, he's known to be problematic, apparently. Um, you know, well, he is problematic, but I mean, I just, I, I don't want to have to make a case for that right now. So I will say allegedly, um, he is allegedly problematic, um, because I can't, I can't name any episodes, anything he's said necessarily that, um, would, would, would evidence that point in this moment. But this instance could be a very good example for why Dr. Phil is a very unlikable person, if there ever was an example, right? So Bad Baby, also known as 
Danielle Brigoli, also known as Cash Me Outside Girl. Um, <laughs> she is, first of all, she glue the F up, okay? She glue all the way up. She... Yeah, I mean, she she always was beautiful, but I guess she was just a little bit more. Um, I'm not gonna say it, but she's she she's just she's she's a beautiful young woman now, right? She's a beautiful woman. She's grown. You can see the maturity in how she speaks, how she carries herself. She's a rapper, I believe, also. You know, with actual you know plaques. And, and and actual career and actual music videos. I haven't actually listened to her stuff, but I noticed as I was doing research on this point that she's actually got like a flourishing career, like musical career. And she's um, got a YouTube channel that's also quite successful. Uh, but so that she made her debut basically into stardom through that Cash Me Outside episode she did on the Dr. Phil show. She was taken then a few months later um, by Dr. Phil McGraw, or at least his team, the Dr. Phil Show team, to a an institution called Turnabout Ranch. And apparently this is not um, an unfamiliar name or place to a lot of people. It was the first time I was hearing it. Uh, but this is a known place. Apparently this is where the problematic teens that go on the Dr. Phil Show, um, and I guess teens from other places, I don't know how people find these this place, but I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, this particular institution is in Utah. In the middle of nowhere in Utah, the kids are subjected apparently to torture, sleep deprivation, sexual assault on one occasion, just very brutal, brutal mistreatment. Um, they get uh, privileges, quote unquote, privileges taken away. But the kinds of privileges that are, you know, that are involved are like sleeping on a bed, just heat, you know, food, just sleep, um, you know, so things that really, I mean, aren't privileges, um, you know, in, in the in the in, in the way that anyone would understand that word outside of those institutions. So these children are really just being subjected to the most inhumane treatment or some of the most inhumane treatment, particularly by modern day standards, um, just for being children and just for just, I mean, being acting out. And usually uh, when children act out, we know that there's some real issues that need to be dug into that need to be ventilated the last thing you want is to have a child um, in a place where they feel even more oppressed and even more silenced and isolated um, and that's exactly what happened uh, when you know tragedy struck at turnabout ranch a child a teen who was at the rehabilitation center killed a staff member trying to escape um you know so i mean you can you can read the story it's actually very well reported on extensively uh but of course the authorities in the area know the staff members in the institution they know the institution so uh, there is a sway to the reporting of the incident and there is a kind of bias that um, you would only I guess glean if you heard the other side of the story which would be the story coming from the teens themselves there are a few videos of other teens who lived at the institution uh, some of them around the time that bad baby was there others not but i mean this seems to be something that can be corroborated by other people other kids other teens uh who went who were sent to the institution um even just the way that they get there is ridiculous i mean 
they're essentially kidnapped. I mean, go, go just go w- listen to one of the videos um, if you can. I, I promise it's way better than me just retelling it here. Um, you're better off, off hearing it from the horse's mouth. But it's basically kidnapping. Um, so, but Dr. Phil, he's... You know, he he went to Midwestern State University, did his BA there, did his PhD and master's at uh, the the University of North Texas. He is a well-known television show host and uh, an author. You know, every he he's his TV career is probably the the reason he is most well known. Um, he is married to Robin. Excuse me, he's uh, married to Robin, who went by Robin Joe Jameson uh, before they got married. Um, Dr. Phil is also a private pilot, which I did not know. He is Christian. Um, he launched the charity, the Dr. Phil Foundation. This is basically someone who, um, you know, for the most part, we see as a good guy. He's got doctor in his title, although he's not licensed, but he did practice for a few decades. I believe it was about two decades and then just didn't renew his, his license. And then he's kind of just been um, a, a kind of rogue practitioner, um, sort of practicing on t- television um, although not 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 really practicing because you know he's unlicensed. But let me know what you think about that atrocities at Turnabout Ranch. Doctor Phil being behind it. Doctor Phil has since denied these allegations. Doctor Phil says, "Well, why didn't these people speak out while they were there?" Um, you know, and of course these children don't have means to communicate. Their cell phones taken away. They're cut out from the internet. They don't have access to anything. There's only like one petrol station, one convenience store in this entire town you know it's a small town it's isolated there's no way to get anywhere it's just difficult so I think it's a bit unfair and even if you know the illustration that I've had um, you know from my research is extreme or inaccurate in any way I do believe that there there is a sense in which uh, Dr. Phil is just being dishonest about not knowing that things are bad um, you know this seems to be a sentiment that is coming from not just Danielle, you know. Um, so, and there seems to be also just a lot of corroborating, um, just evidence that you can't ignore the story about the staff member being killed for instance that's very extreme for an institution that's you know perfect that's just fine and dandy why are the uh, members why are the i guess clients patients in that institution rehabilitation center willing to kill to leave right um there something needs to be said about about that institution let me know what you think about dr phil about miss cash me outside about turnabout ranch and about that story um all together so let's get into something new something new today we're speaking about uh well i guess it's relatively new by this time we're speaking about the met gala we're getting into all of that uh debauchery basically all that chicanery um aoc goes there and attacks the rich dress i mean 
the uh, someone said i forgot who said this but someone said in one of the review videos i was watching that we got the carpet uh, we needed although we didn't get the carpet we wanted we got the met gala carpet we needed and i think that's very true because it definitely shocked us all awake it was a disaster um i think there were a few looks but i mean the fact that i cannot name any such good looks um off the top of my head means that there were too few and far between um the girls did not give us enough to work with this year at the Met Gala particularly in terms of sticking to the theme uh but i think you can find a whole lot of resources delving into that into more de- in more detail my point though that i want us to talk about is Nicki Minaj and i hope to get into a little bit more detail in into Nicki Minaj's politics in one of the um, episodes i have lined up uh for us maybe next week um wednesday i believe uh i'm not sure about that yeah i believe it's in wednesday's episode so keep listening but uh nikki minaj came out in in a in a kind of unexpected crusade for um freedom you know she basically came out and stuck her tongue out at the leftist the <laughs> and she's she's now basically the poster child for anti vaccination apparently because if you are a proponent for free thought and independent thinking and independent research independent inquiry as a whole then you are an anti vaxer and that's what nikki minaj is there has been um a lot of conversation around and and the point this is when you know this is when you know as the met gala that you have met your demise when the most topical thing to come out of your event is the reasons that someone allegedly fictitious reasons that someone uses to justify their absence uh, from your event you know when that is the most topical thing to come out of your event you should probably head back to the drawing board but so onika maraj like the queen she is um <laughs> she basically outlines a story of her cousin's friend who had a bad experience with the vaccine that basically ended up just not playing out well for him and his plans for marriage like that is how long standing these decisions are and um I'm going to I want to have a deeper conversation about that which is why I'm saving an element of this particularly with regards to that I guess this deceit element in Nikki's story alleged deceit because people say that's not even like she doesn't even know the person right so the, the the that whole part about the person being a friend of the cousin doesn't matter and in fact it's it's a lie um well yeah people are people are alleging that it's not true but i would say even if it isn't true um it's still important and in fact it doesn't it doesn't delegitimize her point right because i think that's a lot of that that's the meaning that a lot of people have when they bring up the fact that well this isn't even a friend of your cousins you know this is just a story that you picked up that was doing the rounds on social media a few days or a few weeks prior regarding the vaccine so let me know though what you think about the med gala any looks that stood out to you i did not like i didn't appreciate all the political statements AOC's tax the rich dress the purse uh written in gay we trust and a, a whole other peg the patriarchy ensemble 
all of it was very shallow it was not creative at all there were a few looks that were served i don't know enough about american celebrities um you know to really just keep track of their names like that um i also just don't consume that much american entertainment um only i guess political commentary which yeah i guess counts as entertainment um if you think about it but give me your thoughts on the met gala on aoc and political outfits political ensembles at the met gala is the met gala dying away is it relevant anymore um does it make sense of course aoc is a hypocrite so that is my thought on that but also we're all hypocrites but your thoughts on nikki minaj the vaccine is nikki an anti-vaxxer are you an anti-vaxxer let's get into something culture something culture we're speaking about alana mclaughlin and i don't want to labor this point too much because um my 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 point here really the contribution i have on this topic again a lot of people have ventilated enough people are just on the ball honestly at least the content i subscribe to my content creators content givers are stay giving okay they stay giving they they stay on the ball um and so that's always something that i find um yeah it keeps me keeps me on the pulse and keeps me abreast with these issues so from where i'm standing this has been ventilated to great lengths uh, but my contribution to the elana mclaughlin um conversation uh, is that we probably aren't taking it seriously enough um in the ways that matter so people i mean particularly um people who share the sentiments i share are usually caught in echo chambers where they're speaking to the choir they're preaching to the choir um you know they don't really feel the need to organize because uh, usually people on my side feel like well this really is uncontroversial you know for the most part we're just aghast by the mere fact that this is raising any kind of controversy you know the mere fact that woman is a thing and man is a thing and trans women you know have a biological competitive advantage to you know women females um should shouldn't be controversial but but you know it is and so i'm just saying it i, I can understand why uh people who are usually on the conservative side of the argument don't put in as much work as much effort in mobilizing in really getting people to speak about you know the the arguments on their side on the conservative side of you know the debate and that's very very dangerous because we're losing a lot of ground um and the alana fight that mma fight that she had with celine provost provoski uh pardon me i forgot uh her surname but um um the fight b- between alana and celine really does show you just how far gone we're, we are and i mean when you just think about what this means for women's safety i mean we're just we're going too far too quickly um well we're going nowhere very quickly uh, but we're going too far into nowhere too quickly you know um so thoughts on that share yours um it you don't have to agree with me in fact i would rather you didn't agree with me because that means at least that i can learn uh from from your different view but even if you do agree with me you may agree for different reasons so Alana McLaughlin has had special uh, secret service training this is someone who went through a uh, puberty and honestly just like 
adulthood at least for the first portion of their adulthood um as a male you know um and of course they've undergone uh uh hormone therapy now you know as required by you know the criterion that 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 they now now have um and you know that's how alana excuse me that's how alana was allowed to fight and fought and won obviously um but so i'm not going to i'm not going to get on that for any much longer let's get into something true for this session this episode something true is going to be a familiar one uh, because I know I'm dealing with people who live in the word you live and breathe the word so you are already pretty familiar with Matthew 6 33 but the nature of this passage is such that even if you aren't um you know a graduate of seminary you must have come across this passage because that's that's just that that's just the kind of that's just the kind of passage we're talking about okay we're talking about one of those iconic ones Matthew 6:33 but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well um i yeah so i'm not a preacher you know how we do when we speak about something true uh we just unpack the truth of the scripture seek right Seeking speaks to active pursuit. It speaks to agency. It speaks to an engagement, a hunger, and a sincerity, right? So when you seek for something, when you ask for something, when you knock for something, right? This is a reference to another part of scripture um, that attests and confirms and affirms um, this message, right? It requires you to humble yourself. It requires you to first come to the acknowledgement that you don't have the answer, that there's something that you are missing, that there's something that you do need, right? That you need to look for, that you need to actively go out and pursue, right? Seek ye, right? Personally, you personally, intentionally, you intimately, you seek, you personally, seek ye first, first priority, right? Foundationally, right? As the tree in the center of your garden, put this pursuit as the center of your garden, the center of your worship, the center of your attention, the center of your time. Prioritize this pursuit. Prioritize this seeking, right? The kingdom, the being the only one, the only way, the only truth, the only light, right? And then kingdom, of course, God and all that comes with God. This means Jesus as the way to God. This means discipleship as a way of following Jesus, living like Jesus, as a way of responding in a way that Jesus uh, would respond in, and as a way that in a way that responds in a way, living as people who respond in a way rather um, that speaks to Jesus's love, Jesus's character, and Jesus's work in us and definitely the work of the Holy Spirit um, in just our growing daily um, as as we seek, right? So it also speaks to a continuity because the kingdom isn't 
a, a temporal kind of um, thing. It's like heaven. Heaven isn't a place. It's not necessarily a time either. There is a sense in which the kingdom of God and definitely heaven as well is like God in being extra um, spatial and extra terrestrial and extra um you know temporal right so outside the bounds of time and space um and dare i say even human understanding so something true as always reminds us uh that we may have very many opinions on the things that we speak about but we certainly do not know it all and it's always important to humble ourselves uh, to greater knowledge and definitely humble ourselves to the knowledge of God um, and in seeking God and in understanding that even as much as we want to know God we can never really uh, truly know all of him uh, much less put him into the boxes that we so very much adore. We obsess over categories and labels as humans. But let's jump into the something new, uh, pardon me, the um, free stuff portion, something new we've already done, uh, the free stuff portion of the show as we wrap up. It has been quite jam-packed, uh, but we're getting ready to wrap up. Let me know your thoughts on Dr. Phil, on the Met Gala, on a Lana McLaughlin and give me a bit of your reflections on our something true verse today, which was Matthew 6, 33. If you're joining me for the very first time today, um, excellent. Well done. This is a good day for you. You're making some good decisions. <laughs> okay. So that's the first thing. Uh, welcome also. And I hope you've enjoyed your time thus far. But um, we do a thing here on the show where I end off the show with free stuff you uh, probably don't need, but you can have anyway, uh, where I give you some unsolicited advice today. Um, advice that you can take with you into the week is speak positively about others, especially in their absence. This reflects so well um, on you as a person. But also, I mean, and people are always reluctant to do things for selfish reasons. So the moment you tell people, well, this will make you look good, people are like, yeah, but is that really a reason to do something good? Should you really be doing things to make us look good? Isn't that selfish? Well, you know, it's a good enough motivation to get people to start to do things, right? Eventually, the point is they will learn to find value. They will find value beyond just selfish interests, or at least hopefully um, they'll find value once they start it. So the point is to just incentivize people to start a certain kind of behavior um, and the point is that 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 won't be the only reason they do it once they've done it for at least you know a few times um, but secondly with something like speaking positively about others it forces you to look for positive things in other people right so you also don't want to lie <laughs> when you speak positively about others especially in their absence so, um, you know, just implementing something like speaking positively about other people makes you pay attention to the good things, the pleasant things that people do. You know, you learn to appreciate people around you and the things that they do around you. And that in itself uh, changes your perspective, the way that you move, the way that you navigate your days. Um, it, you know, so 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 do with that what you will. Um, definitely probably don't need it because you already have your life 
on lock. But that's my free stuff uh, to you today. Take that into the week. Let me know how that works out for you. I will be doing the same. I've been trying to do the same over the past few days. Today, we spoke about women erasure, our women being erased. We continued that conversation that we started on Monday. Uh, Is woman a social construct? Is gender a social construct? We spoke to two people, two clips from anonymous, um, well, two different people, but I mean, they were both anonymous, so you get my meaning, uh, where I asked them what woman is, do they know what a woman is, and what is a woman? Uh, Prager, you did a similar um, video on YouTube that I checked out. Funny enough, I got similar responses uh, but I, I think my justification, the justifications I was getting from the people I was speaking to um, were notably very different. Um, that, of course, South Africa being a different country uh, altogether, having a different social climate. Uh, but there are very interesting similarities uh, in those differences as well. But Prager, you did a similar video You should probably check that out if today was of any interest to you. And then, of course, we gave you Fofo Maslalisane, very interesting topics that we spoke about there. I'm hoping to hear your input, not just on what it means to be a woman, if you have any thoughts on that at all, but also Dr. Phil, the Met Gala, AOC, Nicki Minaj, Alana McLaughlin. There is a lot for you to leave your thoughts on, and I cannot wait to dive into all of those juicy comments uh, that you're about to leave in the comments. Of course, these conversations don't end they never do you can find me on my socials at lele mutadi underscore where these conversations continue i'm lele mutadi on youtube as you know and if you spend any amount of time on those platforms you will be able to find yourself anywhere else where i put my stuff out so the podcast and the blog post on um the blog posts that i have the blog i have on wordpress rather so until next time please breathe right? Uh, Take a leaf out of my book that I'm not using currently at all, apparently, because I'm running out of breath. Uh, But please breathe, breathe deeply, drink water and pray. It has been an absolute pleasure spending time with you. Um, Until next time, I have been Lele Motadi. Stay blessed. Ah.